Uh, the sermon title is Death is at Work in Us, and it could read Suffering is at Work in Us. And because death is at work in us, uh, we as Christians are indestructible. Uh, we'll focus on this one metaphor, and this is a, there's a few verses, but we're going to focus on this one phrase and metaphor, death is at work in us. Uh, so first, uh, how death is at work, kind of the mystery of it, uh, why death is at work, kind of the pattern of it, and then number three, what do we do in this dying process? Uh, so the mystery of it, the pattern of it, and kind of the hope behind it, what we do in this dying process. Uh, so let's read our text and then pray. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, this is a sobering topic, suffering and death and uh, struggle, and I, I can't really understand uh, the struggles that each person brings with them. Uh, into this service this morning. Um, but I do pray that each one of us could be real with you as to where we're at. Um, and we do pray that, um, yeah, you would, that our hearts would be open and that you would speak to us what we need to hear. May the words of my mouth be pleasing to you. May the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you. Through Christ we pray. Amen. So, point number one, how death is at work, the mystery. There's a mystery here in asserting that death, suffering, loss is at work. Death, by, by definition, takes and it destroys. After death, there's the absence of life. There's no activity. Paul says that the very life that has come to this church is the result of the death that's at work in him. Paul had a unique role in the church, so Paul's the person who wrote this passage, but the death or dying that Paul is talking about is a constant spiritual reality, as breathing is to our physical reality. I want to tell two very personal stories of how I've seen death at work. In the first, uh, I understand the outcome. I understand how death worked. In the second, I don't yet, and that's just sometimes we don't know how death is at work, how suffering is at work. Um, I came from a family of privilege. Uh, so I was, uh, my parents uh, had a, a business, a clothing company, um, and we had nine different locations throughout Ontario in different malls. Uh, we had a good life. We had everything that money could buy, and we had a united, healthy family. Uh, we had, uh, yeah, I remember we spent our summers up at the cottage. I mean, 
that's, that shows a lot of privilege, right? Uh, one day, uh, all that changed. Uh, I remember walking out on my parents' front porch one fall evening and noticed that their faces were sad. And I'm 14 at this time, and I asked, what's going on? And they said, Mark, you're a kid. You're too young. And I said, I was a bit of a brat. I said, I'm part of this family. You're going to tell me. <laughs> uh, and they said, okay. Uh, we lost the business. Uh, we're about to lose the house. Uh, we're going to lose our vehicle. Uh, we don't know where we're going to live. We don't know what we're going to do. Everything was gone in an instant. And from there, things got much, much worse. My older brother uh, developed a very serious drug and alcohol addiction, uh, which affected the family. Anyone who's lived with uh, an alcoholic or a user knows that. Uh, we couldn't get my younger brother, Aaron, from the computer screen. He was just in this different reality. Uh, we had to bring food to him at times. And my parents fell into a depression. So my dad just slept all the time, um, I remember. And I got into lots of trouble in school. And it was all stupid, stupid things. Like, I was nearly expelled, actually, from the school I was at. Um, my younger sister fell behind in school, and she was bullied every single day. Um, there was conflict, a lot of conflict. And this is the worst thing that could have ever happened, it kind of would look like. Um, we were poor in so many ways, poor in spirit. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Um, but we felt like we were poor in every way. Mysteriously, my parents uh, fell into a kind of spiritual bankruptcy, um, a spiritual death. This spiritual death went to work. Uh, this resulted in a dependence on God in prayer. And in time, uh, the radical, radical trans transformation of each person in my family. Like it's, I could spend hours here talking about each person in my family and how much God has done in their lives and kind of put hope and life where there was death. It's, it's wild. Um, this bankruptcy was a grace disguised. God used it. This is death at work. Um, God used it to work spiritual life into the family. Um, so this idea that death is at work, that death is a grace disguised, it's still very mysterious to me. Um, but I just want to be clear as we're talking about suffering that it's, I'm not coming at it from a theoretical level, and none of us do. Um, I also want to be clear that we don't always know the exact reasons behind the suffering. Uh, sometimes things remain a mystery for our whole lives. Why certain things had to happen a certain way. Um, this past year, I was in a welding accident. Um, and for about three months, uh, it was easier for me to have my eyes closed than to see the world. Uh, it was extremely, extremely painful. Uh, I now have a permanent eye condition. Uh, it's minor, um, but it's ever-present. I can always feel my eyes. Um, I don't know the reason why this had to happen. Uh, and how this death is at work in me is kind of a mystery. Um, 
Jess read two weeks ago from this uh, book, uh, It Will Be Okay, <laughs> uh, about little seed and how little seed went deep into the dirt and deep into death, and little seed sat in the dirt, and little seed sat in that dark and messy place for what seemed like a long, long time. It's kind of like, like I have a sense that Paul knows about that when he talks about being hard-pressed on every side in our passage, perplexed, um, always carrying around the death of Jesus. So point number one, how death is at work, kind of the, the mystery of it telling one story where I could understand it and one story where I couldn't. Uh, point number two, why death is at work, the pattern of it. In, in this world, some accept suffering. Crap happens, right? Uh, some avoid suffering. Uh, they just kind of pretend it all away. Everything's fine. I go to church and fold my hands, you know. Uh, everything's great. Some embrace suffering, and you see that sometimes, like kind of like... It, it, Embracing it kind of for the pain, it's kind of odd, but people do that. Uh, and, but the good news of Jesus is that uh, Jesus overtakes and swallows up uh, and transforms suffering into something far greater. This is the pattern that we see uh, at the cross, the death of Jesus and the resurrection. God is engulfs Jesus' suffering into something great, Jesus' resurrection. God can and will engulf your suffering into something great. Uh, we're going to take communion today. Uh, communion is a place where we acknowledge that as, as death was at work in Jesus, so death is at work in me. Um, Back to this book, it will be okay. Uh, but one spring morning, little seed felt a mysterious stirring. He looked down and discovered he was no longer a little seed. He was becoming something brand new, something wonderful. Out of devastation comes redemption for little seed. What is it this morning that you want God to take and make into something wonderful? Jesus' victory can swallow up your suffering and turn it into something far greater. Just as for Jesus, death led to greater life, in Jesus the same thing, my death is leading to greater life, whether I understand it or not. And it, it's interesting, it happens here, this whole idea that Paul talks about, death is at work in us, life is at work in you. Um, people always talk about the village, what a great community, Village church, great community. Yeah, yeah, great community. Um, and we are. <laughs> um, but hey, uh, there's small group leaders, missional community leaders, community group leaders, staff leaders, board members, ministry team leaders, countless people serving to make a Sunday morning happen, uh, people giving up finances, relationships, time with family, vacation time, free time. Anytime you have a great community, there's people being sacrificially generous and hospitable. Uh, death is at work in some, so that life can be at work in others. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. 
but if it dies, it bears much fruit. In a little acorn can come a huge tree. Out of the tree can come innumerable other trees. It's been said, one acorn, one acorn. I wanted to find an acorn, but there's too much snow on the ground. One acorn could fill a continent with wood in time. One acorn. Uh, but not unless it dies. Uh, Jesus would say, not unless it falls into the ground and dies will the enormous power be released. Uh, it's been said every human soul, made in the image of God. Uh, we, we, we read that in Scripture. Uh, you, you have, you and I, we each have infinitely more power than an acorn being made in the image of God. Uh, there's a, a potential for greatness, for wisdom, for compassion, for beauty, for character, but it won't be released, there won't be this resurrection without crucifixion. This enormous potential won't be released without death, and this is the pattern. So first, the mystery of suffering and death. Second, the pattern of suffering and death. Third, what do I do in the dying process? Um, Paul tells us in this passage, look closely at your hope, just a few verses down. And I didn't, I, we should have the text come up on the screen. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on what is seen, but we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, what is unseen is eternal. Uh, Christians were not, as Christians, we're not asked to treat our pain as though it were pleasure, our grief as if it were joy, and Jesus didn't. Uh, we read in Hebrews, Jesus, for the joy set before him endured the cross. So he went through the suffering knowing that there was a greater hope ahead, and that joy ahead was actually us. It was actually us. Um, So we're asked to bring this earthly adversity, this earthly suffering struggle into comparison with the heavenly glory. Uh, and then we have the strength to endure. Jesus talks about this restoration of the world and this, of this life that you and I have always wanted. It's been said, Christian hope doesn't just compensate for suffering, it undoes it. I found this quote from Dostoevsky, and he talks about how suffering will be healed. And it fits with this, this story, again, that Jess shared a couple weeks ago, it will be okay. Um, and this is a really, really smart guy, Dostoevsky. And he says, I believe, like a child, that suffering will be healed and made up for that all the absurdity of human suffering, contradictions, will vanish like a mirage. That at the world's finale, something so precious, something so precious will come to pass for the comforting of all resentments, for the atonement of all the crimes of humanity, that it will make it possible not only to forgive, but to justify what's happened. 
this morning, what is it that you want God to take and make into something wonderful? What is it, what is it that you want to, what is the death that you want to give to God and trust that it will, just trust Him with it? One of my favorite passages is Romans 8.28. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him. It's especially relevant here when we take communion. God didn't spare his own son, but gave himself up for us. At the cross, we see evil, right? Because we see human beings killing God, right? see human beings killing God. But at the cross, we see in the end that the evil is the servant for our, our joy and our hope and our salvation. Um, let's, uh, let's pray. God, we thank you that death is at work here and now in each one of us. And we surrender to this mystery. God, we thank you for the pattern we see in Jesus. His death led to greater life. I hope for the same acknowledgement in each of us. My death is leading to greater life. As we take communion here, we declare that everything is being worked out. We pray that your kingdom may come here in Thorold as it is in heaven. We declare your kingdom, and we long for your kingdom. And here at the village, we work for your kingdom, and we trust that your kingdom is at work in us. Fill our hearts this day and this week with hope, and may we be the fragrance of your coming kingdom, of your new life to all that we meet. We pray this through Christ. Amen.